Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Santa, you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy on now at APCO. <laughs> G'day everyone, Jason Stevens here with the Spirit of Sports. So glad you can join us for what's going to be a great interview. Our special guest tonight is Iona Rossley. She's a UK-born sporting champ. Yes, you heard me right, she's a pom, but don't hold that against her. She's, she's an amazing woman. She's lived life on the edge, I've got to say, and that's an understatement uh, to say she's lived in the fast lane. Uh, I think she she still does, I'll be honest with you. She was a speed skier who represented Great Britain and an equestrian endurance racer as well, which is amazing to to change pace into a different career. But one day, of course, it all went horribly wrong, which changed her life forever, and we're going to talk about that and more. Iona, welcome to the Spirit of Sport. Yes, welcome, Jason. I love hearing the English accent. I've got to say, <laughs> I've got to say, I've, I've have got very fond memories of playing in England uh, when I, when I represented Australia over there in the um, got to play at Wembley and Old Trafford and uh, cool. you know some some of the great you know the great sporting grounds and the, and the English crowds just. Far out. Yeah. They leave us passionate, for dead. Passionate. Oh, yeah. the singing. The singing was like, yeah. it's just amazing. Do you, do, do you, do you, do you miss, uh, uh, I mean, I guess you're in the, uh, you know, it's hard to beat Australia, but do you miss Do you miss England at all? Well, to be honest, I never really, I mean, I suppose um, my early days were, oh, London, where I was born, just outside of London. Um, then we were in Wales, I went to boarding school in Wales. Um, so I've got a, a, a Scottish father, Irish mother, born outside of London, was educated in Wales. And then as soon as I flipped out from art college, I, I've been abroad ever since. But, right, right. Um, yeah, we did have a three-year stint in Devon in England, which I loved. But the rain just really got to me and we moved here. <laughs> and now we're knee-deep in rain at the you moment. I know. You've had a – because you're, you're – you're, can you tell us about – you've had a bit of a tough sort of week. Can you share us share well, a bit about that? Well, it started – well, Jeff, Jeff and myself have been apart for nearly nine and a half months because I came over here to, to visit the farm because I bounced between Dubai and Australia. Um, so we have a cattle and horse farm here. Wow. And I came in March for three weeks and I never went back. <laughs> I'm still oh, here. Still so here, Jeff, yeah, Jeff is working in uh, Dubai and traveling all over the world. So he wasn't, wasn't able to get back here. Um, so he was in quarantine in uh, Brisbane. So I picked him up. This is a real blessing. I picked him up on Saturday before this major rain came in. So he was obviously in lockdown in a hotel room for 14 days. We get to the farm Saturday night, the heavens open, and it hasn't stopped raining since. So we had three days three days of flash flooding, and it's been crazy here. We've had all our cross, creek crossings have gone. I've never seen anything like it. Our creeks, you could actually surf on our creeks, I reckon. Um, and Jeff has literally just gone into town um, to the Tweed and he's just texted to say he's stuck on the other side. <laughs> so wow. the, the highway's just been closed. So it's, yeah, they said it's a one, one in a 100 year flood, but yeah, it's so you fairly escape, crazy. So you escape England to. To come yeah, and you get hit. Yeah. It's funny because my my mum was yeah. born in uh, Egypt, and then they went to England, and uh, the, the weather they just said we just can't, it's just so cold, and um, yeah. and then they they uh, they went to Melbourne, and um, oh. they said oh she says this is just <laughs> this is almost as bad. <laughs> So my sister's in Melbourne. She says the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So thankfully, they we moved to to Sydney, and uh, and uh, 
yeah, we've never looked back, I've got to say. But uh, well. look, before we get into it, I just want to ask just a few getting to know you questions. So whatever comes to mind first, mm. just go for it. Your first concert. First concert. Ooh, I've never been to one. <laughs> you, you've never been in your life? No. Wow. Is that is that bad? It's a little bad, I've got to say. You're, you're in England. Do you thought you would have rocked up at Queen no. or something? Or? <laughs> no. I mean, you can ask Jeff, my husband's Australian. He like, he's been to Tina Turner and the park, in Hyde Park. And yeah, I I don't know. No, I, I think my, my life has been quite so focused on me and my sport. Sport, that yeah. Yeah, things. Yeah, no, I haven't. Uh, yeah, what about your, maybe, what, maybe I will in the future. <laughs> what about your first job? My first job. Whoa. Um, my first job would have probably. Oh, I've been fairly young. It would have been um, in between boarding school. Um, if you're looking at it, like a junior job, was helping at the artificial ski slope. <laughs> oh, so, but it was a pay, um, it was a paying job. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Or oh, you're yeah, just pocket money, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. Um, first job, proper job would have been. Um, hmm, first proper job. That's a good question, actually. Would have been a, bit, a ski instructor. What about your most embarrassing yeah. moment? Oh, never been asked that question before. Um, <laughs> most embarrassing moment. Oh, blimey. Um, there's been quite a few, but um, <laughs> I have to think about things on radio. Um, I don't want to lose my publishing contract and my all my. What did I put it in my book? <laughs> <laughs> it should. Oh wow, you've caught me unaware there. Um, uh, right. I'm gonna have come, to come back to that one. Come back, come back. Favorite movie. <laughs> Favorite movie. Um, I like the Green Mile. Love it. Mm, oh, the end just destroyed me with that poor little mouse diet. But um, and the passion. Oh yes, yes. Um, the passion is yeah. amazing, amazing. Yeah. They're obviously, yeah. they're doing the. Uh, it's in the works, the sequel. Yes, yeah. That was that really sort of yeah threw me sideways. Um, but yeah, yep. yeah. I actually had so, a um an opportunity to screen that at um Bruce Davies' house, who's of course Bruce Davies. Wow. Yeah, the um obviously producer with. Mel Gibson at Icon Films, yeah. and, and we went to his house at um, because at the time it was a it was a tough one because I mean Mel was getting like death death threats um, for that really film. oh wow. yeah yeah it was huge it was a it was huge um, and so they were actually looking for some advocates to talk um, publicly about it and so wow. so they asked me to come and, and and watch it and you know like it went to his house at Potts Point it was like this mansion. You know, mm. the real man, the full on mansion looking at the, the harbour yeah. and uh, going down the stairs to their theatre. Uh, there was on the left uh, the Academy Award for Braveheart that was wow. in a cabinet, and it was just. And we sat there in this room, and I just went, Far out, this is amazing. And mm. he asked, he, uh, Bruce Davies said, Oh, is there any questions? And I said, I said, Is there any popcorn? Which didn't go down well. <laughs> <laughs> always thinking about food, but always thinking about food. <laughs> no, it's okay. Do you have a Do you have a pet hate? Pet hate. Um. Mm, you're good on these questions. I've been asked. I've been interviewed loads of times, but you're really hitting me on these ones. Pet hate. Um. I don't think I. Uh, I don't think I have anything that's really. Oh yes, cruelty to animals. That's 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 just really cruelty. To animals. I can't. Yeah, I can't quite handle that. Yeah. A person from history you'd like to have met? Probably Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. A person. Uh, sorry. Something you wish you were better at? Hmm. <laughs> Do you cook? Um, you, you, I should have asked your husband. Can you cook? Yeah. Can I? Well, he's a better cook than I am. Okay. Yeah, I would love to be able to. I love singing. Um, I'd love to have a better voice so I could sing solo. I'd love singing. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing you did growing up that made your parents the most obsessed. Uh, obsessed. 
upset. Yep. So I'll, I'll ask that again. The thing, the thing you did growing up that made your parents most upset? Um, trying to get expelled from school probably six, seven times. Wow. That's mm. interesting. That was boarding school, wasn't it? We'll talk about that. Convent school for young ladies, yeah. And what's what's anyway. the lesson that's taken you the longest to learn? Patience. Yeah, I'm with you there. Mm. If, if, there if there was a song that you were going to sing in the shower, what, what would it be? Mm. Mm. Um. Oh, there's lots at the moment. Um, the, the one at the moment is Christmas Hallelujah, which I love. Um, I'm a big Christmas fan of Christmas. Christmas songs. Yeah. Do you like um, Christmas films or? Yes, I watch quite a few. <laughs> yeah. I love them. I just the whole thing about Christmas. I really just you know family, family, community, and uh, it's brilliant. You know the the best one I love is uh, the Scrooge. The the one. Yeah, that, that, the, the, the new one, that, one is good. The one yeah. that Jim Carrey did. You talking yeah. about that one? Yeah, it's so yeah. powerful. Yeah, it's, uh, I was just talking to someone yesterday about it and. The way they depicted the tortured souls who had not, you know, uh, lived life, yeah. uh, you know, the, they lived, they centred on themselves instead of, mm. there's a scene in there where he says, when it, when his friend Thomas Marley um, says, you know, like, you were always a good man at business, the Scrooge says to him and he says, mankind should have been my business, you know, justice, mm. mercy. You know, yeah. it was, it's so such a powerful story. Yeah, you can learn lessons from that. Yeah, big one. Oh, yeah. it's a great one. A Christmas Carol, it's called. If anyone, uh, yeah, I think it's on Disney. Yeah. Uh, Disney Plus. If you have that, yeah. Now let's talk a bit about your life. Um, it's 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 been a fascinating life. I know there's plenty to go, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know where to start. Do we start at like boarding school where you you know you were shipped? You felt that you were shipped off or. There's just so much to, to talk about. You don't talk about your dad being ex-military. <laughs> he was a oh yeah, hard he was man. a great military man. Yeah, he was a hard man. But he, as he grew, as he got older, more mature, he softened. <laughs> but you know, to be honest, I'm not big into parents disciplining their children. But I would never change um, that aspect because it was his discipline that really helped me in my sports, um, and also this very. Uh, passionate attitude that we have to have a goal in life. We have to have a vision. Yes. Um, you know, he sat us down when I was 11. I've got three younger sisters. And he said, look, you've got two arms, two legs and a brain. He says, look, I'll pay for your education. After that, you're on your own. Yeah. And, you know, that really yeah. helped all of us. And yeah. we're all very independent. You know, that, I mean, that when I read that in, in your book, uh, Racing on Empty, I've got to say, which is a great read, um, you know, I, I actually thought, look, there's a bit of tough love in there. I know, I know. Um, mm. Maybe it may have been delivered, could have been delivered, maybe possibly differently. <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. <laughs> yeah, but but, but <laughs> I think that I think personally, I'm a new father, so in many ways I don't. don't they deserve a whole seat at the table here. But mm. I see so much um, of the opposite where, you know, we're just afraid to, to speak truth to particularly children and, and you know, really stir them to with a bit of tough love where, you, you know, where you, you, you confront them a bit with the truth. You don't make all things mm. easier for them. And, like, discipline is a, a friend, really. Yeah, it is. And it's almost doesn't exist anymore. I mean, I'm sure it does, but it, it, it's, uh, it's such a, a, a strong principle within a family that it's also learning what's right and what's wrong. And, you know, you can give and give and give, but giving doesn't always help somebody find their own way in life. 
I agree. And yes, you have to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. I mean, I've made so many. I'm still making horrendous mistakes. But it's how we learn. It's, you know, what does, oh, what's that very, I've forgotten the guru's name. But, you know, it, it's it's good. It's okay to fail as long as you fail falling fail forward. forward. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, and that just makes you stronger. It doesn't doesn't say that you're, you know, it's this thing about being weak, but um, the more you fail, the stronger you can get. And I, I know that doesn't sound right, but that's, I, in my life, I'd say that's what's happened. The more I've failed, the more, the stronger I've got. Well, yeah, with your dad, I mean, he sent you to boarding school and, mm. I mean, that that must have been, you know, the feelings that you, you experienced there with, you know, you mentioned and you, you felt a little bit abandoned and take us a bit yeah. through that journey. Well, I was, I was really shy. I mean, if you'd spoken to me, I mean, I was 11 when I went to boarding school. So if you'd spoken to me, you know, between the ages of, you know, four to 11, I was, I would have gone bright red and blushed and hidden behind my mum. I was so very, even though I was the eldest of four, we were, it, we were very insular, I suppose, family. Um, I was very quiet, very timid, and um, and then unfortunately, my father um, ran ran off with my mum's best friend. Oh, so that, that, they were that they to were me. getting people. Oh, that it's to my, heartbreaking. My, my dad did that, yeah, yeah. to to it's her, her her bridesmaid actually her um oh. you know, her bridal party yeah. Oh, that's it's yeah, devastating. It's, oh, it's so difficult, but you know, I I look back now and I think you know it just. It was a stepping stone to other things. So, but so when he sent, when I got sent to boarding school, it was the first time I'd left my siblings and obviously what was happening at home. So it was huge. And you go to a boarding school with 300 girls. Oh, wow. wow. They are, you know, you've I mean, seen St. Trinians. They don't even in the movie. Yeah, well. Yes, from your point of view, it's different. <laughs> from my point of view, I was just like thinking, what is going on here? And talk about me. I mean, these girls were wicked. Wow. And I, and I was, you know, I was just so fragile. I felt so broken. And, you know, you're in dormitories of, um, you've seen the St. Trinian movies. Yes. I, it's in the, well, it's. So it was like that. I mean, wow. you know, it's, 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 it was um, St. David's Convent in Bracken. And, I mean, I look back now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change my time there at all. The nuns were amazing. There were Irish nuns in a Welsh village. Um, interesting times. But um, it was really, you know, you, you sleep at night with 24 other girls all lined up in the all. It was like prison-style beds. And I'd lie there. And I think I cried every night for about three months or whatever, I don't know. But what did happen was I hadn't really, uh, have I done any sports leading up to this? Not really. Um, they were fairly good with sports, so like netball and uh, hockey and running. And we did javelin and shot put and we were allowed to go horse riding. And I had been riding since I was two. So I actually, my I, I suddenly realized that I was actually good at most sports, like the number one in every single one. So I ended up being the captain of the hockey team. I was on the Welsh B team for netball. And it, it just, it that in itself gave me my identity. So I went from being a very shy, um, timid little thing to quite a bully. Um, I don't know how I went from one to the other, but it happened. Um, I think the sports and my passion gave me something that I'd never had before. And I loved the competition. I loved winning. So that was really probably by the age of 12, I was full on doing sports, every sport. Um, just trying to think. Oh, yeah, the one sport I really was bad at was tennis. So I just didn't bother doing that. So I got to the point that I didn't do a sport if I couldn't win. <laughs> um, but I, I went from being quite, a, yeah, from yeah, I went from a shy, timid little girl to a bit of a bully. Then um, the nuns tried to get rid of me. Um, quite a few, not not 
death wise, but they rang at my dad and said, look, <laughs> I think you need to take her away. They're out there. They're out there. They're out there. So my, my poor parents, I mean, this is the only time they actually got together when they were summoned to the headmistress to say, look, we can't keep her any longer. She's causing too much trouble. Can you take her away? And my dad had the same thing over and over again. Said, "Well, if she goes, then the others will go." And there, my other two sisters, my little sister didn't go to the boarding school, and obviously they could just see pound signs going out of the door. So they say, "Okay, she can stay one more year." And <laughs> it went on like that until I got to my O level, which I don't know what that equivalent is in Australia. Um, and then they said, "I can't come back for my sixth form year. There is no way." And I said, "Well, you know, I'm." hadn't planned to come back anyway so um that's when i was free you went from being very very shut up into a a very open world of going into art college which really threw me um i shaved my hair off i ended up when it did grow back it was pink um leather jacket um you know then i just went absolutely crazy i did all the things that i couldn't do when i was in boarding school. We weren't even allowed to watch the news. We weren't allowed really? to watch television. Yeah. Um, so, but in that time, I was also learning to ski. So, believe it or not, we had a dry artificial ski slope um, in Wales, about 10 minutes from where we lived. Um, so, I was just obsessed with skiing. And in our breaks from boarding school, I used to ski and ski and ski and then I realized that I was actually not bad at skiing and I ended up on the believe it or not they do have a Welsh ski team which is bizarre but they do so I ended up on the Welsh ski team and my skiing took off from there on a artificial slope in the middle of Wales you know like it just seems like after reading your book that that Really, everything that was happening to you, we well, you probably couldn't see it at the time, but the independence, I guess, you gained from from that that school, and really, in a in a way, was yeah. it was grooming you for, really for that for a solo career. Really, not so much yeah. a te- not so yeah. much a team sport, but but when yeah, you no, know, no. you're, you're uh, but then you choose well, you choose skiing. You kind of I guess fall into to skiing, but. Do you kind of realise at that stage that it's a potentially fatal sport? Well, I think with um, the skiing I took, the speed skiing is not. Um, I used to. I I, I spent um, a number of years doing slalom and freestyle skiing, snowboarding, and then when I ended up becoming chief instructor of a, in a resort called Les Arcs Two Thousand in France, they had a kilometre lance, which is in English, it's called the Flying Kilometer. Right. And I used to watch these speed skiers go down. And it's like standing on the runway watching a plane take off, um, but on, on a on a drop. Um, and the noise, it's like a rumbling of a plane. I used to watch them thinking, they're mad. Mm. Why on earth would you do that? What is, mm. what is the point of going in a straight line at 160, 200 kilometers an hour. That's insane for me. Yeah, it's, and then no insane. turning, nothing. It's straight. Yes. So I used to watch them and we used to laugh thinking, no way on this planet. And that was the sport I ended up doing, which was, and I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I had no idea that I would. I think it's sometimes you have to, in life, um, take a risk and overcome a fear and when you mm. overcome that fear it the barriers suddenly drop down for everything you think hmm okay um that was all in my mind and it's yeah. not as scary as i thought and i just absolutely loved the adrenaline the the risk factor the fear and just the yeah you you, you really felt you were alive when you got to the bottom of life I suppose because, because you say that fear, fear is a it's kind of like a mindset in the book and that, that you overcome mm. but I, I do feel like you know for everyone who's listening that because fear is so, can be such a, a powerful you know force too and it can mm. it can I think a lot of people instead of taking a risk for their life they they, they they're more they settle with the, the comfortable and what they know as distinct to, 
to break break free and just really go for for the unknown. Um, and, the, yeah. and that's not easy. It's yeah. not easy to take that sort of step and risk and faith. It all takes, you know, single minded focus, and it takes it takes guts to really mm. to do that. But I've got to say, you, you had plenty of it. You had plenty <laughs> of it. <laughs> but that's why discipline comes in. I think, yes. you know, when, you know, from my father to the convent school to, you know, I think you have to have this very, you have to have a goal, a vision, and a real strong mindset um, of what you do with your life. And it's very easy to live a day and, and actually get to the end of the day and not realize you've done anything. And I didn't want to ever live like that. I've always wanted to, I wanted to, at the end of every day, feel like I've achieved something. Can I still do now? I just, you know, I don't do my weight training or my running or my riding. I just, you know, I'm thinking, what, what have I done? You know, that's, I suppose it's, we're, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods competitive that's within you God's given us a it's not ungodly to be competitive that's part of our you know some people's personality um, and there's nothing wrong with that no absolutely I think I think um, the, the from, from after reading your book I just for me just it sort of really inspired me to you know what like because I there are certain fears that I have about um, certain things and but you know, I think if you leave if you leave them, they can kind of sort of they can almost like grow if you don't, yeah, if you don't actually yeah. address them and and and, yeah. and just actually try and push through and just and you and you often think well it's, it wasn't as bad as it's not as bad as what what I thought it was going mm. to be like in in my mind. So, but let, yeah. let's let's get back to you and you fast forward a little bit. Mm. You end up representing Great Britain. Mm-hmm. What were your parents thinking? What was what was on this journey? Were they were they supportive? Were they were they against? Well, originally my father was just he wouldn't even speak to me because he was so upset when I walked out of a degree course in art college and jumped on a plane to become a ski instructor. He couldn't quite cope with that, and he just thought all the money he spent on my education was wasted. Um, but it hadn't. It hadn't been. I don't. I still to this day don't think that I would never change that. My mum's always been so supportive. Uh, but as soon as I started uh, doing really well, then my father was like, "Oh, okay, I can." You know, that's my girl. So when I started getting the <laughs> yeah, that's oh yeah, I I encourage her to do that. <laughs> yeah, but al- he did give me the right mindset to do it. There, so, was, a, there was an um, alcoholic. Was a Smirnoff? Who was, was who? Was oh, the- we were. I was sponsored by. Smirnoff vodka and <laughs> Alfa Romeo cars. So no, I didn't drink and drive. Oh but, um, no! But was um, it was there plenty yeah, of stuff? Like, I, <laughs> I got loads of free stuff, but oh, gee, I wish you still had that. Unfortunately, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not a big vodka drinker. Well, um, I, I'm but, not either. But it's the only sort of alcoholic drink with the, the calories. That there's no. There's not much calories in vodka, which is, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's why, yeah. yeah, vodka, lime, soda, that's what they, uh, you Okay, know, well, I, I, I did have a bit of a mishap with a, because we used to train in wind tunnels. Um, so Westland, Westland's the helicopter people, producers, whatever, manufacturers. We used to train in the helicopter wind tunnels. Um, and we had like uh, it, amazing. You, you, it's not amazing. It's the scariest thing I've ever done. I think you, they shut you in a big um, tunnel with a fan. I don't know how big it was. Twelve foot across. I don't know three four meters across. I'm not sure. And then it, we, you'd be in this tunnel, strapped in onto a pair of skis with a computer in front of you, while you travelled at 240, 250 kilometers an hour. Wow! With this big fan behind you, and I'm going to the Smirnoff thing was the, the night before all the speed skiers were drinking and I didn't drink then I do a little bit now um, that's because of my Irish blood um, but um, <laughs> they spiked my drink they put vodka in my orange juice wow. and you can't 
mm, how mean is that? Wow. <laughs> so there I was. I didn't put that in the book, by the way, because it would have wouldn't have been very happy. But uh, there I was, like, in this tunnel with this mega hangover, thinking I had jet lag, but I hadn't. They spiked my drinks, I found out afterwards. Um, I had two, because you can't actually taste uh, uh, vodka when you've got it in orange juice. So well, I had two, yeah, so I had two very large tumble glasses of orange juice and then woke up with a splitting head- headache, really feeling very dizzy, and then had to compete in this, what they call the Smirnoff Aerodynamic Wind Tunnel Challenge. And I'm thinking, why do I feel so dizzy? Why? Wow. And I found out afterwards why, well, yeah, but anyway, I didn't, <laughs> it, it really wasn't my thing, the, the wind tunnel thing. I, I'm not, the one thing I, actually one of my pet hates is being confined. I don't like lifts. I don't like, um, yeah, we, I weren't even on those MRI scan things, you know, those things that oh, they put yes. you, I won't, I won't, no, nah, I won't do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, they're a, they're a, no, they're going to knock me out to do that. I just, I'm yeah, not good on confined space. Uh, you should try and be a hundred and, 26 kilo man like myself trying to squeeze into the uh, oh, MRIs and no, your nose no. is almost touching. That's, uh, that's not funny. That's oh, not, not where fun. I want to go. It's not fun. No, so, so, no. Let, so let's get so let's get into you. You, you know you you achieved so much. You represent Great Britain, um, but then things you know you have some falls, um, particularly. Yeah, I had I had I had um, a big, fairly big fall in um, New Zealand, but. And Four you days later, you weren't I well. actually you weren't won. Well, leading into that, either. no, I yeah, I had um, I didn't realise that I picked up um, an ear infection on the flight from um, London to New Zealand. So when I started off, I just totally lost my balance. Your I had balance, a fairly, of yeah, fairly bad accident then, which really sort of freaked me out. Um, you know, falling over at 150 kilometres an hour is not fun, um, uh, but. You know, I had a hairline fracture on my, just a very small one. Um, but, you know, four days later, I raced and I won the ladies' title. Wow. <laughs> so the doctor probably shouldn't have given me a medical certificate, but I, I got through, um, which was good. But then the major, you know, the, the big accident was the one that just took my skiing away from me. And actually, at one point, I thought it was, no more sports ever, ever again. So, wow. and this was in 1987. Um, and I was, it was a pre qualifier for the world championships. And I'd been doing really well. And the, the speed skiing is it's a bit like jumping out of a block of flats. Not that I advise people to jump out of, out of a block of flats, but <laughs> it's, it, probably the same once your skis are pointing downhill you can't really stop type wow. thing that it's not um so i'd actually lost it was weird i'd lost my voice that day and i was my technician had got sick he had flu so i had no one to um adjust my my bindings so your bindings which go from your ski to your boots and i thought no nah, they'll be fine they'll be fine um it's probably the wrong type of attitude to have but um I got to the, we were fairly high, high up in this tunnel and um, I'm looking down and thinking, oh, okay, this is good. You always have the, the feeling of, oh, this is, mm. how am I going to do, you know, and that, that fear, but you need that to actually, it's a mind thing as well. You, it, you know, the mind, the power of the mind is so strong. Mm. Um, so you almost create this bubble around you. Um, so I started off and, I'm traveling, I mean, must have been over 100 plus, 140, 150 kilometers an hour. And my right ski comes off for no reason. Wow. So I'm traveling on one ski at 100 plus kilometers an hour. And I suppose what you should have done was just collapse and fall like a rag doll. And, but I didn't do that. I decided... No, this shouldn't be happening, and um, <laughs> everything's in slow motion, but it's not. But to you, it is. So I put my heel down to stop myself, and as I did that, it shattered my leg all the way from the ankle all the way up. My whole leg got shattered into pieces. Wow. And then I fell for a kilometer, went through the speed trap, 160 kilometers an hour. So I still think. 
I might be the fastest lady in the world on my bottom. <laughs> which, which is something not, to be proud of. I still uh, which is not the title I really wanted at the time. Anyway, so, but on the way down, it was like I was in a washing machine that was going in slow motion. Mm. And I just, I, well, the last two people that had fallen there had died. Far out. Um, so, but you that's why I never got is that right? I mean, yeah, really yeah, yeah. Place. I mean, I just, it, it was like, well, the one thing I did think of was like, who's going to look after my dog? Didn't think about anything else. <laughs> who's going to look after Toby, my old and sheep dog? This is not good. And I just thought, this is it. I'm going to die. Okay. Wow. But I had this amazing sense of peace as I was tumbling down thinking, okay, it's finished. And then, I don't know, you sort of black out for a little bit. And I just remember vaguely lifting my head up and looking at my leg, or not leg, there was mm. not a lot there, and seeing one leg and not the other type thing. Um, and then I passed out. I think it was 24 hours later that I was uh, aware that I was alive, I suppose, if that's the right word. Oh, so, wow. um, I had an eight-hour um, operation, and they literally rebuilt my right leg. Um, and But that orthopedic surgeons were amazing, just so, so amazing. Um, how, yeah. So, how, how, you, how you suffered that injury, almost fatal, and then you go on to become an an equestrian champion is, is an amazing, but I'll just, I, I want to talk about yeah. that. But, but also, where, where were you? Because in your book, you know, you you share it um, really beautifully, a, a little bit about your faith and, and where you were at, at that stage. And Yeah, not, uh, yeah, my mum was a um, very strong churchgoer and obviously went to a convent school, but I was very anti anything to do with God because, um, of what we experienced in school. Um, and um, for me, if God did exist, he lived on a planet in the far distant galaxies and he was just the God of wrath and judgment and didn't particularly like me. So, um, But when I was falling, I actually felt, I didn't know who God was, but I felt God's hand on this. And I always put it down to my mum praying and thinking. And, and if you'd asked me the day before what was the worst thing that could happen to me, it would have been this. Mm. because the doctors came in and said, that's it, no more sports, you're finished. So everything that was me was taken away, everything. Mm. And But I had this very strong sense of peace, and I just had this very, I just felt God's presence, even though I didn't know who he was. I just thought, it's just, just an amazing feeling. Um, and yeah, listen, I, I, I struggled because I was so... I, I, it, it was like having everything stripped away from you. Mm. And I didn't really know where to turn, but it was through the love of friends and family. And I ended up with, um, going to stay with my father. It took me a year before I could walk. And then they always said, I'm always going to have a limp and I've got to never do any sports. Well, you can forget that one because I was like, no, I'm not having that. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to be doing sports. Um, but I did meet, uh, when I was in um, doing my physiotherapy, I met a lovely Christian lady, and I started getting more involved in um, just learning that God is very real, and he, he, he's not something in a, in a, in a history book. And um, I did get the opportunity, and I walked away, I have to admit, um, I did get the opportunity so I'd say meet Jesus and I was like, wow, finally. And I was, and then I, I was, I got really concerned. I was like, I just, you know, I, I look at some of these Christians and they're all like clones. I mean, like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be, you know, I, I'm unique. That's and, true. You know, That's so true. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to be like that. And I'm worried God's going to come and take, take my personality away and, yes, yes. and just, you know, then, then who would I be? I'll just be a number, you know, who just wanders backwards and forwards doing stuff that we're commanded to do. But that is so far from what Christianity is. It is yeah. just, and unfortunately, that's a lot of people think that way, and I did. I really yeah. believe that. So, you know, but God gives us our personalities, and, you know, yes. he, once you go in that direction, he gives you even more. So, um, yeah. 
and so, yeah. and, and so you began to go on this this journey uh, with 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 God and did did you did your dad have any sort of thoughts on did you end up sharing bits of bits of this with him how did he react to yeah, well, this change of heart, sort of, because that can of, often, you know, be a yeah, tension. Yeah, he. We didn't really have a lot to. Did we communicate? Well, we didn't really communicate that much through all this. My mum was very, very. He was really upset by what happened. Obviously, yeah. Um, my mum was just an absolute rock. Um, and when I told my dad I wanted to go to Bible college, he just couldn't stop laughing. He thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but then it didn't really matter because they didn't accept me anyway because I didn't have enough qualifications. So. Oh, um, but then I, I turned away from all that, went off to become a jockey, um, as you do, flew from um, Cyprus to England, bought myself a racehorse, and I went through this trying to get back into skiing. And I was getting loads of media coverage. I was working as a TV presenter, and I was desperate to, to regain my identity, to regain a passion in sports and, and just to prove the doctors wrong and say, no, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. No one's going to stop me. Mm. And um, it just, it, it ended up with, I mean, it's, lots happened. Um, blimey, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I've, I, you know, I've obviously lost my mum, and then I got cancer, and then I got married, and I got divorced, and then it went on and on and on. I ended up in the Middle East, um, and I met Jeff, who's just the most amazing guy. He's Australian, obviously. Australian's amazing people, <laughs> which is why I'm that, here. That, 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 that's, um, that's why when I, when I said to you at the start, I don't know where to start with your life, because it's just like... <laughs> It's, it's I know so it's been much. a ro- so it's been much. an absolute roller coaster. Far so, out. Yeah, when I met Jeff, I was playing polo, um, and then I went into endurance racing, and um, then I had to buy Jeff a, a car sticker that said, "I used to have money, now I have horses." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think at one point we had twenty-seven horses, and I ended up riding on the Irish team. I was the number one rider. I was did the world. Of World Equestrian Games, World Championships, travelled all over the world with our horses. We then moved from Dubai to France. Jeff stayed in working in the Middle East. I think he was in Bahrain then, and I had a big setup in France. But it was actually strange because during all this, and even that brief contact with God, um, I was I was still searching for something. So I tried Reiki, Buddhism tarot, all new age stuff and you know you, you just fall into a bottomless pit with all of them, there was nothing mm. um, so I was always seeking because when I won a race um, or I, I did really well on the competition the next morning I wake up feeling, well I should feel different and I don't mm. and there was still this big hole inside of me and I'm thinking there's, there's got to be something out there and it's not in the winning it was not in the winning mm. because I just knew that I had to get back on that roller coaster and I'd won a race but you know two weeks later someone else could go and take that title so I'm thinking what am I doing with my life what am I doing so I, I think I was it's very, it was so difficult for me because I kept putting my foot back on that roller coaster and off I'd go again, competing and training and and any sports man or woman knows it's you know it's not three four hours a day it's twenty four hours mm. um, from you know running to weight training to um, visualization meditation we I big into that because you would not be able to do any of the sports I did without that. Um, and I just, by the time I got to France, I was doing, doing well, number one rider, but I, I and I, I was, I would say I was content, but I kept saying to Jeff, there's, there's got to be more Jeff. And he's like, well, what else do you want? And I'm thinking, yeah. I have everything, the everything. I have horses, the cars, the house, I have the most amazing husband, but I just feel empty. And I'm thinking, this is this is not where I want to go. I, there's got to be more out there. Do, um, you know, I know, I know can I, because when I, I was on my own spiritual journey and I was actually in in a religious-type church weekly mm-hmm. and 
I heard a voice in my head say, there's more. Wow. There's more. Wow. And it was only until uh, my cousin started taking me to a a modern-type church and Mm. the catch cry of the preacher was, there's more. There's more to God than what you think. There's more. And I remember thinking, I've heard that before. Yeah. Because I used to walk out of church and go, it's got to be more. It's just got to be more. Isn't it funny that you Mm -hmm. can actually be in a church even – and still not have a connection oh, with, yeah. with this yeah. deep, deep love that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I mean, I totally relate to that one. After mm. Even churches I go to around here sometimes, and we've got an amazing one that we look after just up the road, and wow, this, what, from one church to another where you walk in and it's the love of the people and you walk in and you, you can feel God's presence immediately. I, it's so... And that's what I learned in France, because when I was in France, within, I don't know, six months of being there, I met this amazing Christian couple who also had horses, very wealthy couple. Um, they're Swiss couple, um, Terry and Sylvie. And they lived and breathed Jesus. And I used to watch them thinking, wow, mm. they, they're like talking like he's like with them and alive. And I'm like, Really? So we because of the horses we just bonded immediately. Yes. And they took me on this journey of showing me stuff that was so far from what I had uh, what I was taught in the traditional church. Mm. Um and you know, I they started praying with me and whatever and I saw miracles, I saw things that happening, I saw Jesus working in my life, I was like blown away by what was happening. And I'm thinking, why don't the churches, why, why are not the churches telling us about this? You know what? They're like keeping him in a box, yeah. in, a, in a book, I, I and it's uh, not in a book. I used to, I used it's to say, I used to say, what, why if the 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 certain church I used to go to, they used to say today is a celebration, and I go really because you're not sounding like it's a celebration. <laughs> It sounds very morbid. Oh, and the whole service yeah. was continued consistently, like yeah. so monotone. Yeah. And if there's real, if there's, you know, I, I, exactly like yourself, I, I had mm-hmm. I had an issue deciphering between what I had been taught, and it said there was still a lot of good in that in what I was taught. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. then you go, well, when you actually experience the real thing. It's 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 very very it's different. So different. Someone from, said to me once, yeah. you know what? Church can be like inoculation. Like if you if you got to go overseas and you, they give you a little bit of the real thing, but just enough mm-hmm. so you don't get yeah. the real thing. <laughs> so you don't yeah. get the real thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, uh, I love that. But I'm certainly glad. Look, there's so much more to 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 uh, to talk about, but obviously time has sort of got mm-hmm. us. But I really want to encourage people uh, to get your book racing on empty to, to really hear the full story because we didn't really even touch on the how you became an equestrian champion which is after after that <laughs> after that her amazing injury can i just say a spectacular fall you yeah. know you, you go on to great great heights and and i also want to mention that all royalties as well from the book which is very generous of you um go to the sozo foundation and can you just share just a little a bit about that before before we yeah, well, we yeah, we we're definitely. I mean, we're blessed that we have a fair amount of money, but we're very skeptical about where, which charities to give because we just want to know that the go the money goes to where they say it's going to go. So the Sozo Foundation we know because it's run by some friends in South Africa, and it's uh, teenagers who literally live in cardboard boxes. I mean, they've got nothing, so they're training them to be baristas. Um, uh, bakers, carpenters, and they have the most amazing setup in an area which is run by gangs. It's really scary. We've been there, but with inside the compound, wow. wow. We were blown away when we went there. These children were just, oh, they were just beautiful. They were just so eager. They were learning computers. They were, you know, it, it's giving them a lifeline. It's helping them re- get money so that their families can actually live and get a roof over their heads. So all the money goes to um, the Sozo Foundation, and at least we know that every single book helps a child. So that's 
you know, that's the, it, there was no doubt halfway through writing this. We'd been visiting them a couple of times and it was like God put it on my heart, you know, just to help these beautiful children who are just so, just amazing to see what they can do with their lives. Yeah, we were blown away with that. So. Yeah, you know, and I'm just like, um, so there's been so many people that we've had on, Sporting stars. We, you, you, when you when you're talking, you, you're reminding me of of one of the guests, um, S- Steve Wall, who yeah, set up his yeah. own foundation. He was very touched mm-hmm. by by um, meeting Mother Teresa in India, and he saw the plight of the wow. the poor over there. And and you know, there's just something so um, uh, worthy and special of, of athletes who use their platform to to try and make a difference. And mm-hmm. you know, you you've done that. And you know, I know there's 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 big big dreams ahead for you, and it's not yeah. uh, it hasn't finished. And uh, nope. you know, you've achieved so so much. And but the, I've got to say, I still feel like uh, the best is is yet to come for you. So thank you. I really really loved uh, t- chatting to you, and I am still a bit filthy that you don't have the Smirnoff contact, but that's okay. <laughs> I have not had much sleep. But I've got a 21 month old. He's the best thing that's ever. He's the oh. best. But he and just, is he feeling better? Cause he was he, yes, he's had croup and yeah. so forth. He's feeling better. Uh, but, but just okay. at night, a little Smirnoff might just, just might help me get to bed a bit quicker. Yeah, <laughs> that, maybe, that would, yeah. That, that, that was the glory help. days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, uh, thanks so much for listening, everyone. And uh, if, you, if you miss out on, on tonight's uh, chat, you can always... 5.30 till 7am, of course, uh, the following week we replay in a version of our chat with Iona and every guest. And, and also you can download the 1170 SEN app and go to catch-ups. You can see all past interviews there. And, of course, as well, you can listen to 2CH Digital. And so I really hope you've been inspired by some of the stories. I'm, I'm inspired uh, by Iona, and it's been an absolute privilege to have her on the show. Iona, thank you so much. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Thank you.